0: Hello, everyone. This is Abby Carreri, Connexon Senior Vice President of Marketing, Sales, and Account Management. Welcome to Co-Ops Connect, the podcast created for electric cooperatives considering or operating rural broadband networks. Each episode, we share stories from electric cooperatives deploying fiber broadband and tackling head-on the challenges and triumphs of bringing high-speed internet to rural America. ConnectsOn is proud to be at the forefront of the electric cooperative fiber broadband movement and excited to share these inspiring stories. I am pleased to bring you today's podcast from San Antonio, Texas, site of Co-Ops Connect 2022. This marks Conexon's fourth annual in-person workshop for electric cooperatives, serving their members and communities with fiber broadband. This workshop is a great opportunity for co-ops to get together, share best practices and ideas, learn from each other, and network. If you weren't able to attend this year, we hope you can join us next year. Watch your email news about Co-Ops Connect 2023. Turning to this episode, I am pleased to welcome today's guest. Hunter Robinson is the CEO of Central Rural Electric Cooperative and its fiber subsidiary, Centranet. The co op serve more than 20,000 members across seven counties in rural Oklahoma and its fiber entity. Centranet has around 4,500 subscribers with take rates upwards of 40% and rising. Welcome Hunter and thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: So you've had a good bit of success in a short period of time. Can you tell us a little bit about your project and what you believed helped you achieve your success?
1: So we began kind of breaking ground in November 2020. Began connecting customers, subscribers, members in July 2021. And it's just really kind of been a race ever since. A lot of our time to this point has really been trying to get all the operational pieces of the build out and connecting people and the processes and all your employees in the right spot. That's kind of been our focus and we're excited about the progress and excited about the member interest.
0: So speaking of employees in the right spot, you know, I know that electric cooperatives often struggle with staffing models, especially when transitioning Mm -hmm. from a monopoly business into a competitive landscape. Can you tell us a little bit about your project and how you are staffing for your subsidiary? And are you leveraging some of your electric cooperative employees as well in your subsidiary?
1: We probably have maybe 15 people that are really focused on the fiber. Some of that's a choice of ours we chose to have quite a few installers to control that member in-home experience ourselves so we have the 10 to 15 that's working on on the fiber subsidiary most of the time, and then we have another 10 to 15 that really kind of share their responsibilities, electric side and, and the fiber side. You know, we have around 100 employees, so it's quite a bit of the co-op's focus, but everybody's really supportive.
0: And is that 100 employees focusing on the fiber side or 100 employees total?
1: 100 them? employees total.
0: And about 30 so, focusing on the fiber,
1: yeah. give or take.
0: You believe in integrating fiber into the co-op's core philosophy and creating a sense of one entity. Can you talk about that and why you think it's important?
1: We found that you get a lot more buy-in from the members, from the employees, from the community when everyone associated with the co-op is really supportive, understands how the project is going understands why we're doing the project, and the more information you can share, more like one team pulling in one direction instead of two separate entities kind of vying for resources. It's a lot better relationship.
0: I don't know if you heard in my panel where I said passion is contagious, and if you can get people passionate as you are about things, it just spreads like wildfire.
1: Yeah, before we made the decision to kind of get in broadband, I brought in a manager from a co-op in Missouri, and... One of the things he says, when you get into it, it'll change the culture of the organization and uh, even your membership within a short period of time. and, And we found that it did. Everybody's extremely excited.
0: Did you have any that were a little hesitant or, you know, fear of change? And then how did you overcome that, if so?
1: Naturally, you're going to have some people that um a little bit of concern when you're deviating from a, a norm, especially something that's been the core business for 80 plus years. But I think it doesn't take very long when the people who we serve, uh, the members, wholeheartedly support the project. So the employees, they're right along with the members and whatever the members want, that's what they want to do.
0: And do you feel like some of your most passionate and excited employees tended to be the ones that ended up working on the fiber side of the business as well?
1: At this time, yes. You know, a lot of the employees you get to work on the fiber side come from the private sector. And the culture in those organizations is much different than the co-op environment. So when they come over, they are just full of excitement and energy. They feel hope. They feel value to the job that they perform. So, yeah, yeah. it's been great.
0: So you hired your broadband manager to come in from, he was outside of the co-op. How yes. many others have you hired outside of the co-op to help in this endeavor?
1: I'd probably say majority of that 10 to 15 came from outside of the co-op. Other industries, whether it's been uh, other communication industries, or just they were just the right person for the co-op and, and knew they would succeed. So around that 10 to 15.
0: And did you find it hard to fill those positions at all, or did you get tons of applications? And what are your hiring strategies for creating a successful team?
1: Around where our headquarters is and around the the areas we serve, the co-op has a pretty good reputation. A lot of people want to work there. So it was pretty easy to get applicants But you really want to get the right person for the job, the right person for the co-op, and somebody that you know can grow with the co-op and and support the direction that you're headed. But you know, it was great that we did have a lot of those applicants, they fit what we were looking for. They had a desire to serve others. And we found that a lot of the people that apply to be at the co-op, they have in them that desire to serve others. So it's made it easy.
0: Culture fit is huge, right? Really understanding Mm -hmm. the co-op culture. You talked a little bit about some functions that you have in-house. Mm-hmm. Are there anything that you have that you're outsourcing today?
1: Uh, we outsource. Naturally, some of our support is outsourced. Connexon does a lot of our project management, a lot of the, the oversight aspects of our project, which is really critical to our success. We're really trying to keep bond as much as we can, but uh, you can't grow and scale with knowledge at, at the pace you need to. So we rely on others quite a bit right now.
0: Speaking on relying on others and collaborating, I know that the state of Oklahoma has launched a broadband coalition. Can you talk about when that was formed, what role you play in, in that, and give us a little information on, on the coalition?
1: I think it was probably mid 2020, uh, many of the co-ops in the state were kind of looking at broadband, some had already started it and there was a need to kind of support conversation across the state about what it is to be a co-op doing broadband and what the need might be and as others are kind of evaluating that decision. So it kind of came about, many of the managers got together and saw a need to formalize some of the meeting structures and have a consistent meeting schedule just to talk about it. That kind of started it all back in 2020 and 2021. We really got started uh, rolling into seeing how we can work together whether it be through shared services or grant submission. We found it very important to be able to compete with those private providers that exist right now. We wanted to present ourselves as a larger entity. So one of our first projects we began was um, kind of creating a a grant template that all the cooperatives across the state could use to submit to the state for ARPA funds. I think that was really positive for us as as a state, positive for us cooperatives that were doing broadband, some that were looking at it, because the legislators then got to see that if we consider the co-ops, they're gonna cover a large portion of the state, and co-ops have been successful. Look at these other examples like OEC and East Central and Lake Region and Northeast who who have been successful and really uh, support the needs of the rural areas. So That was one of our first tasks.
0: Have you received any positive feedback or success from that yet, or have any of the other co-ops who are part of the coalition?
1: I think it's helped name recognition, if, if nothing else, at, at the capitol. They began to think of you as a, a real force for getting communication into the rural area when you present yourself in that format. We communicate with the legislators, we have a website, we have a newsletter we send them, and the, and all that information It has big numbers. The amount of dollars being spent in the state, the amount of people being connected, the amount of miles being constructed. And that just keeps going up, you know, every month that's going up substantially, and I, I think that's making them take notice of us. They see we're doing what others don't want to do and are not willing to do, and they have not given us a dime yet, and we're still going. I mean, we would like to think that it will ultimately pay out when it comes time for some grants to be awarded. We think it will.
0: How much funding is available in your state, and can you talk to how that will impact all the cooperatives by receiving this funding and the membership?
1: Yeah, I forget the exact number. Maybe it's around 250 million in ARPA funds, and then you'll have some of the more federal funds that come later. A significant impact to the rural environment in Oklahoma. There are four co-ops that they're really basing their go-no-go no, go decision based off of those funds. They may be concerned about their density, may be concerned about competition in the area, so it, it would be critical, but you know, a little bit of the state-awarded funds would basically you'd have half the state covered with co-op-sponsored broadband. pretty powerful.
0: I would say that it would also help you reach your members at a faster pace as well, right? The more funding you have, the more crews that you can have out there to get to your membership.
1: Definitely money helps.
0: So what would be some of your advice that you'd have for others who are starting this journey in different states?
1: I would say don't dismiss it. Don't dismiss the concept that broadband isn't a critical service. I think everybody is beginning to understand that it's from government programs to schooling to work. It it is becoming a critical service, just as important as electric. And there's funding there which support that. So take your time, evaluate the decision, move forward if you feel it's right for you, talk to others. It's definitely one that you, you won't regret if you make it.
0: And what are some of the biggest challenges you'd say that you've faced along the way? And then how have you overcome them? And any advice for those out there starting their broadband journey?
1: I'd say there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, while there will always be challenges in a project of this magnitude, leaning on others has substantially kind of alleviated many of those. Every day's tough, every day there's new hurdles but use the network around you. Co-ops have always worked well together. Reach out. It's very powerful and unique that we are allowed to reach out to other states, a manager you don't even know, ask advice, ask for guidance, and you can receive it. So don't be afraid to ask.
0: Well, on events like these, right? Co-ops Connect, this is our fourth annual event, and this is your second or third? Second. Your second, because that was right around when you all started. Yes and what would you say this year is different or and what would you say of some of the panels that you've heard and some takeaways that you've had so far at the at the conference
1: it's just been really great this year everybody's a little bit further into their project last year it seemed like there were a lot of people like us who weren't very far in and at that point you don't know what you don't know and everybody's talking about ideas and concepts and challenges you haven't hit yet this year's been really neat because many people are two or three years in their project and uh, beginning to talk about strategy beginning to talk about um, you know what's your long-term plan how do you deal with these issues when you have thousands of members or customers so it's been really good
0: have you had any good time networking you know in between the sessions and have you any takeaways from that or learnings from that so far or value I should say
1: yeah I've talked to quite a few people about what Oklahoma is doing with the cooperative broadband coalition and uh, you know we're really trying to build something with that that ultimately in the future can kinda of position the state to be somewhat unique you see some other states who are trying to get the co-ops to work together and, and become a larger force in the state we think Oklahoma can be that too so Sharing that information with other states, talking to other states who have already done something similar has been really valuable with this visit, her conference.
0: I wonder what it would be like if you could collaborate and get all the states together and come in from a national way, how that would...
1: That would be great. A lot of different ideas, a different strategy than everybody has. So it would be powerful.
0: And this year we're doing roundtables. So, okay. what do you think about that for having more of a networking in the weeds roundtables where everybody can participate?
1: I think the round tables are a great idea because a lot of the challenges we face, some of the ones that we get hung up on are the details. It's the very operational process that you can't figure out. Something simple as connecting SCADA devices or workflow through billing. Just simple things like that sometimes just cause you to spin your wheels for a little while. So hearing hearing from others how they've addressed those issues and work through them, there's value sometimes from the operational aspects.
0: And how many people from your team do you have here this week?
1: Uh, We brought three this year.
0: And what were all their roles in in the company?
1: I brought the president of Fiber, uh, Mark Prather, who's really the one managing and leading the project and leading the team, and he's doing a great job. And brought our system engineer, Uvaraj Khandaswamy, as most people call UV. he's here really talking about SCADA. And the smart grid. And smart grid, yes.
0: And then yourself as well. Right. So we're, we're glad to have you, and we yeah. thank you for coming. And then also um, being on a panel as well to share all of the good stuff that's going on in your co-op and in the state of Oklahoma. And the movement that you all are putting together in the state with the coalition I think is, is wonderful. And I hope to see others do that. And like you said, the, the bigger the force, the more visible it is to mm. those powers that be that, have, that hold the keys to the, the funding that could really help these communities. I don't think I have anything else, Hunter. I know you want to get back to some of the sessions that we have left, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Co-Ops Connect, and thank you for joining us here today at the workshop. Thank you for listening. Co-Ops Connect is brought to you by Connexon, the industry leader in rural fiber network design and construction management. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Please email us marketing at connexon.us with your suggestions or for more information on how we support electric co-ops deploying broadband.